If your business is tired of paying unpredictable and high phone bills, do what I did. Switch to Zoom Calls Cloud Business Phone Service. You'll pay the same low amount every month, no matter how many calls you have in the U.S. and Canada. And Zoom Calls has a really cool feature called voicemail drops. Whenever you reach someone's voicemail, just say hi in their name and then click a couple of buttons on your phone to leave your pre-recorded message. It saves both your voice and your time. Check out zoomcalls.com. That's zoomcalls.com. I think you'll love it. Attention, you're listening to the Todd Huff Radio Show, America's home for conservative, not bitter talk radio. Be advised that the content of this program has been documented to prevent and even cure liberalism, and listening may cause you to lean to the right. Here's your conservative, but not bitter host, Todd Huff. All right, well, there you go. Day number one of impeachment in the history books. We'll talk about that today. In fact, I'm wondering why. Wondering why Republicans just don't let Jim Jordan have the floor the entire time. Because I thought Jim Jordan did a did a great job yesterday exposing this, uh, oh my goodness, this... <laughs> this this nonsensical gibberish. In fact, there's one exchange yesterday that I I don't think anyone in this audience is capable of even understanding. I mean, you need to map this stuff out. And and I know that this audience is the among the most intelligent in the nation. We we need to map out what we're supposed to believe happened. And that was exposed in testimony yesterday by by Jim Jordan, and uh, lots to get to today. Welcome. Thank you for listening. I am your host, Todd Huff. Email, as always, Todd at ToddHuffShow.com, Facebook.com slash ToddHuffShow, should you want to watch the program live or on demand, so long as so long as Facebook allows that. So yesterday, a couple things I want to get to first. First off, I want to start with... I want to start with the Nancy Pelosi. I want to start with Nancy Pelosi here. Um, dealing with, well, speaking uh, before the impeachment proceedings. I just, I just want you to listen to her, her opening statement here um, as we kick off, kick off impeachment proceedings. I want you to listen to this and um, I don't know. I it, I know some people – how do I – I don't know how to say this the the way I really want to communicate this. But a lot of people, some people anyway, some people have a – sorry, there's an audio issue here in the studio that I'm getting feedback on. But a lot of people, when they're dealing with, um, I don't know, something of a – high magnitude or something that's I don't know very important they'll they'll kind of bring this somber attitude to the to the stage or to the podium and they'll say something to the effect of you know this this day saddens me right this day saddens me I can't even believe that we're to this point um, and, and I was just thinking about this I don't of course I think that this is for show and dramatic effect and I, I hate to, I I don't have any problem criticizing 
uh, the, the approach that the left has taken. When when someone mentions something like praying, you know, prayerful consideration, even if I think it's, uh, I, I just want to be careful not to not to criticize someone who's being genuine. But I don't see this as genuine. I don't see this as genuine. This is not how I would how, how I would come to the podium, which and, and announce this. I don't think this is the way most people would. I think most people would say we have. Well, I don't know, most people, but I think a genuine person would say we have an obligation here to hold this president in check, assuming that this stuff is accurate and legitimate and not phony, which, of course, that's not reality. But to me, this just further illustrates that. I'm just so sad and just don't even know what to think. This is, I mean, she just so, sounds like she's about to tear up here. And, of course, we know that's not the case because they've been salivating over this, salivating over this opportunity since the day they dried their tears and in 2016. And I just wish that one Democrat would come out and say, you know what, we've been looking for a reason to impeach this president, and we don't have to look anymore because this is a legitimate reason to do this, right? I mean, just just be honest with us. Don't pretend like you're sad and heartbroken about this. You're joyful. You're gleeful. If you could be the metaphorical fly on the wall, in some of these behind the you know behind the closed door meetings that Democrats are, are having, this is they, I'm telling you they are rejoicing over this. They think they've got it. They think they've at least got something that'll help them in the 2020 election. I think they know that it's an uphill climb uh, in the Senate. Although there's some things I want to talk about that as well uh, as we get into the program. But I just want to start by listening to this soundbite from Nancy Pelosi's speech and just I don't know. Maybe tell me if you're like me, thinking this is a little bit uh, overly dramatic and, and insincere. Here you go. That's a republic, if we can keep it. And we have the responsibility to keep it. As custodians of the Constitution, we are defenders of our democracy. And so I'm very uh, prayerful, thoughtful, and actually sad today that our country has to come to a place where the president doesn't understand that Article 2 does not say that he can do whatever he wants, uh, that he is not above the law, and that he will be held accountable. And I'm very proud of Adam Schiff and the members of the Intelligence Committee and the other committees uh, that have been working on defending our democracy. Thank you. Okay, there you go. I mean, that, that about put me to sleep here this morning. I mean, that's the, 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 the mood that she wants to set, right? Oh, I'm just, I'm, I'm very sad. I'm, I'm very sad that President Trump does not understand Article 2. I'm just very sad. I'm proud of Adam Schiff and congressional Democrats, but I'm just, oh, I'm just, I'm sad. I'm really sad. Just heartbroken. I mean, come on. T- just, just be sincere here. You're not sad about this. Just come out and say, look, we're trying to hold. I mean, I don't agree with this, right? I, I want to make that abundantly clear. But but if your story is that, that what Trump is doing is an impeachable offense, then come out and say, look, this is not how a president should behave. If you want to throw in a little bit of I'm a little bit tearful to think we get to this point, okay, but don't make it the whole theme of this. This is just not genuine and sincere. These folks are professional deceivers. These folks are professional 
I mean, you can say sophist. You can say uh, you, you can say maybe bad actors. This was bad, bad political theater yesterday. So that's how this thing kicks off, right? This is what they want you to think. They want you to think that they're trying. They've tried. Oh my goodness, have they tried to prevent getting to the point, getting to the point where they had to impeach President Trump? They've tried. Oh my goodness, they tried. Tried to avoid this at all costs. There's a couple of things that once we get to the to the hearing, um, as I said off the top, I kind of feel like Republicans should just all yield their time to Jim Jordan after watching him after watching him tear them apart yesterday. There's a couple of clips I wanna I wanna play. Here's Jim Jordan um, interview or well questioning. Um, is this this is Taylor Bill Taylor. He's questioning Bill William Taylor before the uh, House Judiciary Committee impeachment proceedings yesterday, of course. And this is it's about a minute and minute and forty five seconds. But I want you to hear this exchange really quickly. I think we need we need more of this. And this, by the way, isn't even the the, the clip I want to play the most, which is the clip of Jordan reading back to Taylor the confusing nonsensical line of rationale and thought and and the sequence of events the levels of hearsay that that they want us to follow and believe is a clear path to the president seeking a personal quid pro quo from Zelensky this is just kind of kicking this thing off i want you to listen to this here we go is that right that's when I first heard about it, uh, Mr. And then, it's, and then it's released, Ambassador Taylor, on September 11th. And we know that from your deposition, in those 55 days that aid is delayed, you met with President Zelensky three times. The first one was July 26th, the day after the famous call now between President Trump and President Zelensky. President Zelensky meets with you, Ambassador Volker, and Ambassador Sondland. And again, according to your deposition and your testimony, there was no linkage of security assistance dollars to investigating Burisma or the Bidens. Second meeting is August 27th. Again, in this 55-day time frame, second meeting is August 27th. President Zelensky meets with you and Ambassador Bolton and others. And again, there's no linkage of dollars, security assistance dollars, to an investigation of the Bidens. And then, of course, the third meeting is September 5th. President Zelensky meets with you and Senators Johnson and Murphy. And once again, there is no linkage of security assistance dollars to an investigation of Burisma or the Bidens. Three meetings with the president of Ukraine, the new president, and no linkage. That's accurate? Ms. Jordan, it's certainly accurate on the first two, uh, first two meetings, because to my knowledge, uh, the Ukrainians were not aware of the hold on assistance until, until the 29th of August. So the political article. The political article. Um, the, thir- the third meeting that you mentioned with the senators, Senator yep. Murphy and Senator Johnson, um, there was discussion of the security assistance, but no uh, linkage. But th- there was not there was not discussion of linkage. Okay, so that whole exchange, basically, to summarize, and I'm sure you follow, but just to summarize it quickly before we take a time out here. That whole exchange was basically uh, Jim Jordan saying there's three meetings uh, that you had with the – he's again speaking with Ambassador William Taylor. There's three meetings you had 
um, in this time frame we're discussing, right? When when Trump is apparently seeking a quid pro quo, personal quid pro quo. So in other words, you help me uh, effectively win 2020's election, just as Vladimir Putin helped me in 2016. At least that's the narrative. You help me do that, we'll give you aid, right? And so you want to help me by investigating the Bidens, I will give you your aid to defend your country against the Russians, right? Effectively, this is what they want us to, to believe. So you would think, you would think, and this is what Jordan's after, that if that was the understanding, in order to have a quid pro quo, the person you're engaging in said quid pro quo relationship would certainly have to be aware that they needed to give you something in return or that you were withholding something from them unless they did something for you in return. And to Jordan's point, there were three meetings, and Ambassador William Taylor said that it didn't even come up. The whole issue of of the funding didn't even come up in two of those meetings. And in the third meeting, he said it did come up. This was after the Politico article on, what was it, August 29th or some such thing. So the third meeting, he said it did come up, but the issue of linkage, the the issue of linkage between asking for an investigation into the Bidens being linked to them receiving, the Ukrainians receiving money, defense dollars from the United States, the issue of linkage, I love how these terms come to linkage. Uh, Yes, we have no linkage in this conversation. So basically, and that's Jordan's up there nodding his head like, yeah, it it didn't. There's no conversation even remotely mentioning any of this. You're testifying to that. And he says, yeah, there's no linkage. No linkage. Which is, this is the entire premise of the impeachment shenanigans that we have been subjected to. And that we're actually just beginning to be subjected to. Anyway, I have to take a quick time out. When I get back, more, more about this. And I want to share... I want to share arguably one of the most entertaining little uh, exchanges that I've seen in some time on Capitol Hill. And that also includes Jim Jordan and his questioning of of Bill Taylor, uh, William Taylor, Ambassador William Taylor here. And if you can follow this, you can follow the logic and what they want you to believe. uh, You deserve – you might deserve the day off work. I don't know because it's quite complicated to follow. So we'll talk about that when we return, but I have to take a time out. Sit tight. You are listening to the home of conservative, not bitter talk. I'm your host, Todd Huff. Back in just a minute. Welcome back to the program. Going to talk impeachment. Before, before I do that, we've been talking impeachment. I thought I would also... Uh, point out this is of course the week of veterans day and on our facebook page on our facebook page we're kind of doing a bit of a a flash uh, flashback here because last year we had um this year i just i didn't have the time with the expansion our our kickstart program to to kickstart hour two all the stuff happening here i couldn't really uh invest the time in in doing what we did last year which i want to do again i actually really really enjoyed it. It was called Sound Off. We spoke with uh, veterans from all five branches of the U.S. military. Those have been posting on our Facebook page. You can hear uh, folks share their stories um, in 
uh, well, they, they served in different places around the world in different branches, did different things, and we just uh, gave voices. I gave a voice to our veterans to help them to kind of share their experience in uh, this Veterans Day week. This is when we did this last year, and so we've posted those. You'll, you'll find those posting throughout this week if you want to listen to any of those. I think that they're um, – I enjoyed I enjoyed those. I enjoyed most of the conversations we had, but I really enjoyed talking with our with our veterans last year. So let's shift gears and get back to uh, back to this uh, Ukraine debacle, this impeachment debacle. I played – Played for you last uh, last bit, the last bit here. Jim Jordan speaking, questioning, I guess, um, Ambassador William Taylor. And basically what he says is, he says, look, um, you're saying that there's a clear connection, a clear connection. Let's mark, let's, let's reiterate that, clear, a clear connection between tying the funding for defense in Ukraine to what President Trump wants, which uh, is a personal quid pro quo. I think they should start putting uh, using that word. I think that that might be because that's really what this comes down to, even from the perspective of of the Democrats, whether or not this was someone trying to elicit personal assistance from the Ukrainians to win an election or whether this was someone trying to clean up corruption and Jim Jordan has some some things to say about that as well I might I might play that clip as well if we have time but I want you to hear this so in in addition to the conversation where uh, ambassador William Taylor says there he had three conversations with the Ukrainians in the in the time period in question here and not once was there a conversation Within those three meetings, there was not one mention of linking investigating the Bidens to receipt of said defense funds from the United States. Not once. And by the way, Jordan points out Jordan points out that Trump had already done more to help the Ukrainians than had President Obama. I think I'll play that clip too. I'll play that as well. But I I want to get to this one first. So you got these three meetings. Ambassador William Taylor says the the issue of the linkage the linkage between the funds defense funds and uh, investigating investigating the Bidens came up a total of zero times. I mean, this is this not the entirety of their of their case? I mean, this is it, right? This is it. This is what they they need you to believe. They need you to believe, or they need to be able to get away with making people think that they believe that Biden was only being investigated because Trump wanted to uh, find help from a foreign government to take this guy down. All he wanted was to to make that announcement. He wanted someone to make that announcement that the Bidens were under investigation, right? Now, you can pause here, and you can say all that the Democrats want is a headline that says President Trump— President Trump is being impeached. You can make the case that all the Democrats and the radical left want is to be able to go into an election year saying, do you really want to elect a president who's being impeached, right? I mean, this this is essentially uh, the same exact thing with their, that they're doing. They're accusing Trump 
of wanting that headline when in reality, all they want is the headline and the narrative as well. But I guess it's okay. I guess it's okay because the media, we're dealing with the American media here. We're not dealing with the Ukrainian media. I guess there can be corruption. I guess there can be collusion. I guess there can be misinformation and complete lack of uh, concern for truth. I guess we can have all of those things so long as those come from American sources, especially if they're leftist sources, especially if they have the name media attached to them, especially if they have the term Democrat Party attached to them. Because this, my friends, these groups of people, these groups of people are above reproach. You may not have known that, but essentially this is this is what they want you to believe. You ever notice that every Republican or every Republican nominee, essentially, faces this sort of pushback and criticism. And when you ask the question, when you ask, when you simply ask the question, you raise the question, man, what was Hunter Biden doing? $50,000 a month? Uh, Burisma Holdings? Well, he doesn't even know anything about, uh, about energy. What's he doing in a foreign country on a small board making fifty grand a month while his dad's vice president? All they ever tell you, I am telling you, you can read, you can read, I, I would I would say virtually any piece from the mainstream media, how they describe this, they'll, they'll say one of two things. They'll say, number one, um, that there's no evidence to suggest the Bidens did anything wrong. Well, it's amazing the amount of evidence you don't find when you don't look, right? I mean, that's effectively what we've got here. They don't find anything because they don't look for anything. But then they want to say, but all these other people looked into it, and it's clear. Everything's good to go. Meanwhile, we have dug and dug and dug looking for proverbial dirt, if you will, on President Trump. I mean, the hypocrisy here is is blinding. The brightness of this hypocrisy, the, the difference between the way that they handle Democrats and those that are inside their ideology, those that are associated with them. They have free passes left and right. This, by the way, is is the swamp on, on display. Someone like Trump, there's never enough investigating. There's never enough digging. There's never enough questioning. There's never enough any of this. We need more of it. I need to get to the soundbite really quickly. So so in addition to William, uh, I keep wanting to say William Barr, in addition to William Taylor, Ambassador Taylor saying there were three convers- three meetings he had with the Ukrainians, the issue of the funds uh, being linked to the investigation of the Bidens never came up, not once. You would think that that, that, that would have to be a firmly established fact when you're telling us when your entire impeachment proceeding is is predicated upon this idea of a quid pro quo, a personal quid pro quo. But on top of that, on top of that, he's trying to. He wants us to believe that his his that there's a clear linkage, a clear connection here. And so he goes into great, uh, <laughs> incredibly complicated detail here to try to get us to understand and believe that. So this is Jim Jordan reading back to William Taylor just how clear that path of uh, making uh, that connection is. Ambassador Taylor recalls that Mr. Morrison told Ambassador Taylor that I told Mr. Morrison that I conveyed this message to Mr. Yarmouk on September 1st, 2019 in connection with Vice President Pence's visit to Warsaw and a meeting with President Zelensky. We got six people having four conversations in one sentence, and you just told me this is where you got your clear understanding. 
This is absolutely fantastic. You've got six people having four conversations in one sentence, and you just told me this is where you got your clear understanding. Even even Ambassador Taylor, as he's sitting there, we've got the split screen. Got the split screen. Jim Jordan on the right, Bill Taylor, William Taylor on the left. He kind of smirks. Even he, as he hears it back, thinks, man, that, that is really hard. That's a really hard sell. I'm having a hard time listening to that without laughing because that seems absolutely ludicrous. One more time on this and we'll take a break. I want you to hear this again. Try to follow this. Try to follow this line of rhetoric in your mind. Keep in mind as well that this is what gave William Taylor a clear understanding of Trump's request for a quid pro quo. You ready? Here we go. Buckle up. Here it comes. Ambassador Taylor recalls that Mr. Morrison told Ambassador Taylor that I told Mr. Morrison that I conveyed this message to Mr. Yarmouk on September 1st, 2019 in connection with Vice President Pence's visit to Warsaw and a meeting with President Zelensky. <laughs> we got six people having four conversations in one sentence, and you just told me this is where you got your clear understanding. I mean, his reaction is priceless. You, see, you can't see this, obviously, on, on, on radio. But he chuckles, and then he nods. It's almost like he's, i, I got to be serious about this. I got to get back to to serious ground on this. I can't be exposed laughing at myself for saying this ridiculous series of, I mean, the amount of hearsay and the steps that you have to get to have a quote unquote clear understanding is absolutely positively ludicrous, even to the point where it makes the ambassador chuckle, (laughs) chuckle at his own explanation for how he arrived at a quote unquote clear understanding anyway. Buckle up for more of this, because we are just beginning, but I have to take a time out. Sit tight. You are listening to the home of conservative, not bitter talk. I'm your host, Todd Huff. Back in, back in just a minute. <laughs> you know, I, I'm really thoroughly enjoying, I played this, uh, Play this clip a couple of additional times here behind the. Uh, well, you couldn't hear us playing this in the in the studio, but I, I have thoroughly been entertained by this uh, this explanation. I mean, Ambassador William Taylor, if you could, and I'm posting this to Facebook. We're eventually going to get these onto uh, under our our website. Um, I just I right now we're we're kind of stretched thin, but this will be on our Facebook page. I just want you to it's worth your time to watch it. I mean, the guy it's such ridiculous nonsense that when he hears it being read back to him, it's almost like, yeah, I, I can't even sit here with a straight face. I can't sit here with a straight face listening to you read back what I just told you was a uh, path by which I got a clear understanding of a quid pro quo. It's totally absurd and ridiculous. Even the, even the ambassador, acting in U.S. ambassador to Ukraine, William Taylor, he's kind of like, uh, yeah, you're uh, you're right. That that sounds ridiculous. That, in fact, that's what he should have said. If this was if this was a a reasonable, uh, coherent sort of process and common sense and and I don't know, just normal uh, normal human interaction came to the surface here. He would say, you know what, after hearing you read that to me, that sounds utterly insane. 
There's nothing clear about that. Hearsay, you know, that's the other thing. They they want you to think that this is like a very, very legal. They are they're sticking to the book on this. They they are following procedures in the House of Representatives to protect the integrity of this. They're they're handling this. Remember, they want you to think that the reason they had to have these things happen behind closed doors at first was because they're handling this like a, a grand jury would. Oh, yes, they're a grand jury. This is a very serious, um, a very formal process, meeting behind closed doors and so forth, not letting Republicans uh, you know, bring, bring in uh, you know, people to testify, not really well, letting them answer questions, not letting them look at transcripts unless they were escorted by one of Adam Schiff's handlers or whatever the case may be. This is supposed to be a very serious process, right? This is supposed to be very methodical. And, and of course, Nancy Pelosi, as we played off the top, she's just so, she's so sad about this. She just can't, oh, it's just so sad. Can't get through the day. I just a sad day. And then this is the stuff that we're subjected to. This is the kind of thing that we're subjected to. I heard from a friend who heard it from a friend who told a friend that you've been sleeping around, right? Isn't that a song, something like that, right? Something back from the 80s or whatever. I mean, this is basically what we've got here. This is basically what we've got. It's a, it's a, it's a silly game of telephone. It's a silly game of hearsay. Again, if this, in, in a court of law, again, I remember, again, I, I just bring this up. And the only reason I bring this up is because they want you to believe they want you to believe that this is a very formal, legal, serious process. Nancy Pelosi is over there crying in her coffee every morning as she gets up. She's just heartbroken that this is the point at which uh, we find ourselves in this great nation. They just don't want to do this. They've, they've been brought kicking and, stre- and screaming to the impeachment table. That's basically what they, they want you to think. But none of this stuff would have been would have lasted 0.1 seconds when I was sitting in the juror as a juror in, in a court of law where there's a judge that uh, maintains the rule of law and order in his courtroom, in her courtroom. This sort of thing would never have been a lot. I remember sitting there frustrated as, as a juror, wanting to hear evidence, and someone would say, when, when sharing their story, they would say, well, she said, up, oh, objection, your honor, hearsay. And the judge a few times would say, you can't say what she told you or he told you or whatever. So then they had to reframe the way that they answered the question. And sometimes it gets quite complicated. This one, we've got like nine steps. It's like second cousin twice removed or whatever. This is the kind of nonsense that we have. And it's so nonsensical that even Ambassador William Taylor has to chuckle about it. Anyway. Anyway, by the by the way, this program is brought to you in part by the good folks at RDW Financial Group, rdwfinancialgroup.com. They host a series of free events and seminars to help you uh, look at different things that you might be um, that might be on the horizon for you, whether they be retirement or maybe it's converting a, a pension into an IRA. Different things like that. They offer free courses. There's no obligation uh, to do anything with them. They just offer these free courses monthly. And you can find out more about what is coming up 
And if some of those might be of interest to you, might help you um, in the near future, go to rdwfinancialgroup.com. That's rdwfinancialgroup.com here in the central Indiana area. I have to take a break. A little bit long in this segment. You're listening to the home of conservative, not bitter talk. I'm your host, Todd Huff, back in just a minute. the program i finally um finally remembered (laughs) you know this for those who make parodies out there this might be the perfect the perfect song to make a parody to based upon this um this what this testimony uh jim jordan was reading back to ambassador taylor yesterday here it is couldn't think of the name of the song but I found it during during the break. Why isn't this playing, folks? Bear with me here. Play, baby. Oh, yeah. Heard it from a friend who Heard it from a friend who Heard it from another You've been messing around Is that not exactly what this is? Heard it from a friend who Heard it from a friend who Okay, okay, enough of that. But that's exactly what this what this is. That's what the testimony was yesterday. It's actually much worse than that. There would need to be two more friends added to that added to that particular uh, that particular version of the song. So anyway, that's out there for someone who's up. Well, if you just tuned in, this is this is the the, the clip I'm referencing. Ambassador Taylor recalls that Mr. Morrison told Ambassador Taylor that I told Mr. Morrison that I conveyed this message to Mr. Yarmouk on September 1st, 2019 in connection with Vice President Pence's visit to Warsaw and a meeting with President Zelensky. We got six people having four conversations in one sentence, and you just told me this is where you got your clear understanding. Ambassador Taylor recalls that Mr. Morrison told... Sorry, I could play that all day, but the point is, the point is that it resembles that song quite a bit to me. And it's definitely not something that they would allow into some legal um, proceeding, right? This is, again, they want you to think this is legal. Uh, This is a very lawful approach, very methodical, protecting the president, giving him due process, following what needs to be done here the right way. Nancy Pelosi's in tears. She's so sad. And yet when you get down to substance, that's the kind of nonsense that we're subjected to. Anyway, I want to shift gears here a little bit. I don't know if you saw this or not. I saw this a couple of days ago. I've been holding on to this. In fact, I'm a, I'm a little hesitant in talking about this now because I feel like this is something we could talk about for quite some, for quite some time. This is at campusreform.org. I think I may have stumbled upon this at, at Drudge a couple of days ago. This is dated November 8th. Uh, Celine Ryan Investigative reporter, headline, Berkeley instructor, in a parenthesis there, Berkeley instructor says rural Americans are bad people. This is on a Twitter a Twitter page. A man who identifies himself, well, that, that conjures up all sorts of images in today's world. A man who identifies himself as an instructor at the University of California, Berkeley, publicly proclaimed Wednesday that Americans who live in rural areas are, quote, bad people 
who deserve, quote, uncomfortable lives, according to this article. And the tweet reads this, I unironically embrace the bashing of rural Americans. <laughs> I tell you what, these people are too much for me. They, as a group, and I know many of you listening to my voice right now are a rural American. They, as a group, according to this professor at UC Berkeley, are bad people who have made bad, bad life decisions. You live in rural America, you're a bad person. Bad people. You made bad life decisions. So says some professor at UC Berkeley. And they wonder why we say, we wonder why we say that they're out of touch. We, they, they wonder why, I should say, they, not us. They wonder why we call them out of touch or, I don't know, arrogant, conceited overly value their own particular self-worth, the narcissistic. I unironically embrace the bashing. The ba- is, this phys- is this a physical threat? I mean, is, is that how I'm supposed to interpret this? I thought, I thought folks at UC Berkeley were peace-loving, peace-loving Americans. Of course, this is a radical, radical part of the country where uh, it's, it's acceptable Actual physical violence is acceptable from these folks when you're trying to silence someone who actually wants to talk about constitutional principles, liberty, freedom, and the like. It's accepted in some circles around that insane part of the country. But again, he says, I unironically embrace the bashing. Again, no, no clarification here whether that's physical bashing, metaphorical bashing, not sure, of rural Americans. They as a group... <laughs> As a group, are bad people who have made bad life decisions. I think he came back later and and clarified his tweet or something like, yeah, pretty sure I did a bad tweet here. Gonna delete it. I'll reflect. I'll want to reflect on it more later. But my tone is way crasser and meaner than I like than I like to think I am. What the world? I don't care what you like to think you are, buddy. You you were completely. Um, out of line with this tweet. I mean, what do you mean? It's it's harsher than you expected. What do you you said that you want to you unironically embrace the bashing of rural Americans? That's not a misspeaking. That's not a slip of the tongue. That is what you think. I get sick and tired. Just just own up to it. I mean, I apologize, I guess, but my goodness, I don't care what you think you are. This is out of line. I've got to take a break. You're listening to Conservative Not Bitter Talk. I'm your host Todd Huff. Back in just a minute. that campus reform article on our Facebook page again. Again, this is a Berkeley professor, Berkeley instructor, who says that rural Americans are bad people and that he embraces the bashing of rural Americans because, after all, they as a group are bad people who have made bad life decisions. Is this an example of love winning out? I don't know. That's a great question. Not entirely sure, but that's where we find ourselves in today's political climate. So, Guys, I got to wrap up here for the day. As always, I appreciate you listening to the program. For those who have helped kickstart hour number two, I really appreciate that as well. Uh, For those who still want to jump in during the campaign and help us kickstart hour two by getting some uh, new membership bonuses and so forth at the Conservative Not Better Party, go to ToddHuffShow.com slash kickstart. 
Thanks, guys, for listening. Have a great day. STG. See you tomorrow. Take care. Bye.